0: This is the SFF Audio Podcast. I'm Scott.
1: I'm Jesse. I'm Tomahome.
2: And I'm Alan with Infinibox.
0: Hello, Alan. Hi. This has turned into an annual visit from Alan Castor. To uh, commemorate the release of his the year's top ten tales of science fiction, and uh, this year is year number three. How's it going with this collection?
2: Uh, it's uh, it's a wonderful collection. It's it's uh, for us. It's been
0: it's been very successful. Oh, good. That's excellent news. Because yeah, I look forward to this every single year. Yeah. Thank you. You bet. You bet. So uh, have have we all listened to all these stories, guys? We should have.
3: Uh, I I think I got through most of uh, most of them, or at least got into most of them. Uh huh. Um. Some of them are blending together. Uh, the, I think listening to them back to back is probably not the best way to
0: go. <laughs> yeah, there
3: are some um, commonalities here and there. Sure. Yeah, a lot of singularity, a lot of singularity, sort of post singularity. Talking stuff. animals.
0: Uh huh.
3: I think I think it's because also Mars and emperors. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. Right. But. Uh, do you think that this post singularity is like some trend that we're we're going to be seeing for like the next five years still?
1: Because I, I thought we well, were over I, it. I, until
2: twenty. I don't know. I, I it seems it seems. Um, well, when was it? Maybe. Uh, gee, was it uh, maybe Charles five Strauss, years ago? Right? You,
3: you had, yeah, you had those Charles Strauss, had uh sort of post Singularity yeah, titles. And you know, yeah. That that I th- think is really uh, interesting. And then everybody else got on board.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well and then Dozois uh, came out with a with a small anthology of uh, sing post singularity uh, uh stories and uh but I, I think authors are just adding more and more to it. It's 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 and I, I I don't know. Do y'all th- do y'all feel that it's still cutting edge as far as sci-fi?
3: I I kind of think of it as it's like it's uh, kind of like the magic of science fiction. <laughs> you know, uh, magic <laughs> you can do anything in 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 fantasy. You just you know, Harry Potter can make a spell for anything, um, including <laughs> probably start the whole <laughs> series again if he wanted. But um, technology yeah, so advanced, I'm it becomes magic. It. I'm kind of past it. I, I, I think that there, there are some good stories, and there are some actually some good stories in this, but uh, uh, it's not enough science for me. It's too, uh, well, after this point, we can do anything. Do <laughs> you <laughs> like the Robert Reed guys test?
0: <laughs> Interesting. I've so finished
3: that one yet. That's the long one.
0: Which one? Uh, give me an example of a post-singularity story in this collection. What would you call a post-singularity? Oh, well,
3: okay, so there's uh, it's actually the one I I liked the most. I think was mm-hmm. um, there's a Cessna 182, <laughs> and it's under the moons of Venus. That's oh, the one. Gotcha. Okay. Um, so so, mm-hmm. so that that's that's a story where it's like everybody's been raptured off of Earth, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Damien Broderick, I, I I think I read something by him before, but um, everybody's been raptured off of Earth, and so has Earth's moon. Mm
0: -hmm. And
3: uh, there's a talking dog. (laughs) And the talking dog says, you think this is a post-singularity situation, don't you? (laughs) And, of course, he's talking to the main character, but he's also talking to the audience. And the audience is going, yes, I do.
0: That's cool. That's cool. (laughs) You bet. You bet. How's that as an example? That's a good example. That's a good example. (laughs) Yeah, And Venus had uh, a moon. It had Earth's moon and uh, Jupiter's moon, one of Jupiter's moons going around it. Right. So they've uh, shuffled them around.
3: Um, I actually quite like the story, but um, I didn't like it in a science fiction way. I sort of liked it just as a uh, uh, fantasy story. Uh, yeah, kind of like a fantasy story, uh, in the sense that it, it felt like you know anything can happen. There's nothing. There's no logical. It's it's not like a detective story. That's what I like about detective stories too. Is uh, you know I should be able to figure out what's going to happen based on the logic of of what's <laughs> what's what I know about the universe, right? And I think post singularity <laughs> stuff sort of defeats that. And I know that that's the point of a post singularity, but Maybe I just don't believe in the post-singularity. Uh,
0: mm-hmm. what, what do you guys think? Well, what, what oh, do you think? I first to... Go ahead, Alan.
2: Oh, I, I was just going to say that um, I think what makes this post-singularity uh, story a little different from others is, it's just, is just trying to figure out if the main character is if he's sane or not. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, he's got the he's got the um, psychologist or psychiatrist who's who says no, it's all in your head or something, and then <laughs> yeah. it's not, or maybe it is. isn't. I, I, I don't think it is. I mean, I think it'd be po- a pointless story if it's all in his head, right?
2: Hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that.
3: that uh, but yeah, but we have a lot of then. crazy people. We have a lot of crazy people in this collection.
1: <laughs> 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 I don't see him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh boy!
0: Did, did you choose
3: all these stories to have uh, the Emperor, common themes? The Emperor of Mars. Um, that that I mean, it's kind of similar in that way, right? Because the main character is delusional. We think, <laughs> or is everyone else delusional? I don't know.
0: Mm-hmm. But he's
3: kind of he's kind of <laughs> like the audience as well, right? He's really into science fiction. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I, I love that the way, story. I love that story. That's that's I, one of my favorites in the I do collection. Too. The Emperor of Mars. It's like a, a homage or a tribute to all the Martian fiction that's come before it.
2: Yeah, it's it's a good story. Yeah, you c- you can listen to that story and 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 uh, and then it just it's just a blast from the past. You know, you, you're like, oh yeah, I had not thought about that story in a long time. And then you know, the, uh, as he keeps talking about different uh, tales. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah.
3: It made uh, I, I I'm stories. declaring myself emperor emperor of this podcast, by the way. And you can address <laughs> me as whatever you say. You can address yes. me as your highness or uh, his his majesty. Oh. <laughs> as long
1: as you're a gentleman with the ladies.
0: <laughs> right, oh, uh, right.
2: And, and uh <laughs> by the way, uh, that story won uh, the uh, Asimov's Readers Award for uh, Best Novelette last
0: year. Oh good. Yeah. Yeah, I liked
3: it. it. Reminded me of um uh you know, the Emperor Norton of uh, San Francisco or, or Emperor Norton of the United States. You guys know about this guy?
2: Uh, no, I don't. No.
3: Nope. Oh, well, there's a there's a historical figure in San Francisco, uh, I believe in mid-19th century, who um was basically a homeless guy who declared himself the Emperor of the United States. His name was Norton. And uh people said, this guy's crazy. right? But what happened was he just believed it so much that he expected people to treat him like an emperor, and he started issuing his own money with his, his face on it, and, and the community said, yeah, this guy's crazy. But on the other hand, I kind of like having this little piece of paper that has his picture on it. I'll accept it. <laughs> so he would go into restaurants and issue his own script to pay for his meal, right? And they would accept it and he became sort of like a a a tourist uh a tourist interest piece, you know, oh there's the emperor Norton, look at him walking down the street. And he's wearing his, you know, imperial uh hat and coat and, and he, you know, he he believes himself to be the just like our character in Emperor Mars. He believes himself to be the emperor of of his his place, but that he is chosen not to Um, you know, rule over the land with an iron fist. He is more peaceable. (laughs) He just demands that people, you know, Mm -hmm. give him uh, props and uh, and accept his money, (laughs) his own issued money.
0: You bet. You bet.
3: So yeah, check that out. It's. it's, I I would assume that Damien Broderick um, uh, actually knows of this.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Uh, uh, that's what I was thinking of.
0: The Emperor of Mars yeah. was written by Alan Steele.
3: Oh, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. I was thinking, yeah, I was thinking Under the Moons of, under the moons of Venus. Emperor of Mars, Alan mm-hmm. Steele, of course. Right, Alan Steele right. must know about this.
0: Yeah. You're right,
1: <laughs> they all do one together.
0: Right. So, Alan, I'm um, just curious. Uh, I, I don't recall if we've asked you about this in the previous two years, but what is your process in putting the stories together? Do you just read throughout the year and and keep notes, or um... yeah, that's ex-
2: that's exactly what I do. I I, I uh, in fact I'm going through a transition, where, you know, where uh, a lot of the uh, the stuff I'm reading now is that rather than be having hard copies and being able to you know put post-it notes and things in it, in it, um, in the hard copies, uh, I'm now using a Kindle and. Uh, and and uh, getting my stories through Kindle and, and learning how to, how to how to play with that, I'm not as fast as that as with as with hard copies, mm-hmm. but I think in a, in a little while I'm going to get get there. Oh, good. Um, mm-hmm. And and in fact, I don't know if you all realize this or not, but uh, just this past week. Uh, you know, Asimov's and Analog have have both been on uh, available from uh, subscription from Kindle. And then uh, just uh, this week, uh, Magazine of Fantasy and Science Fiction became available.
0: Oh, good. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Tam, Tam told me about that earlier that, right? in the week. Yeah, I just subscribed to it because, uh, yeah, Tam let me know. And it, it's interesting how they're doing it. It's a really uh, kind of smart way, it looks to me. Um, you can get a free version of Fantasy and Science Fiction. You can subscribe to a free version on the Kindle, and it comes with all the editorial content plus one story. Or you can pay um, $12 a year is all and get the, wow, the whole copy. that's a great deal. Yeah, it's fantastic. That's so a they're, great deal. So uh, they're publishing six issues a year now, I think.
3: Now, is there advertising in, in there? Because that, that would be <clears throat> the way I would do it, you know, to... Mm-hmm. I mean the yeah, the, yeah. the problem is distribution. Their distribution is not very good. Um and if you're if you're subscribed to it, you're you're I, I hear that that's, you know, ebook uh ebooks with ads is probably going to be more 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 common. Yeah. Have you have you seen it? Is there is there ads, uh, you know, in the middle of a page? Uh
2: there well, uh I believe there are in, in analog and Asimov's, but I, I can't remember with uh, fantasy and science fiction. In fact, I'm flipping through my Kindle right now to see if that's the case. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, cool. But like, yeah, like for that, example, twelve dollars a, de-
3: a year is a is a deal I would get. You know, that's um, you know just to have that on hand. I'd, i I I don't even have a Kindle, and I'm thinking, wow, I should get one just just because now I have something I could actually you know. That's that's totally justified. I mean, the editorial content is terrific in in those magazines,
2: mm-hmm.
3: and the stories you can you can you know listen to uh, Alan say, check this story out, and I'll I can flip <laughs> through my
2: back issues and find it.
0: <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I, I'm glad to see it happen because um, uh, this is the magazine. I first started reading way 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 back when before I before Asimov's and even I I read it even before Analog. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I so, always loved that magazine
0: um, because that's where Harlan Ellison would appear most of the time. And uh Gene Wolfe and uh Stephen King Lowry, sometimes would appear in there. Yeah. There's tons
3: of tons mm-hmm. of great stories that have first appeared in FNSF. and
0: Yeah, you bet. I love their Stephen um, King author Oops. Stephen King what?
1: Does he write science fiction?
0: Well, I think that the first, uh, the Gunslinger, appeared in Fantasy and Science Fiction first.
1: Fantasy and
0: Science Fiction, remember? Yep. (laughs) Right. Right, Um, right.
3: What's what's the story on, um, uh, not e-books, but uh, online magazines? How how many of uh, these stories in this Top Ten Tales collection have uh, first appeared in online magazines like uh, Subterranean's Magazine or uh, Lightspeed?
2: Oh, well, let me see. Uh Under the Moons, I think that came out in in uh subterranean. Uh mm-hmm. Flower Mercy Needle Chain that that came out at Clark's World, I believe. Oh, okay. Uh, um
0: let me see what Thanks. else. No Clark, uh, Clark's World, I think uh, the things was Clark's World. And then think Flower Chain, I think was Lightspeed.
2: Oh, light. Flower Yeah, you're right, it that's right. It yeah. is Lightspeed.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I know that right. just because I have it right here in front of me. I was just flipping through the CDs. <laughs> yeah.
2: And then the uh, Elegy for a Young Elk, I think that was subterranean also. Yeah,
0: that's what it says, yeah.
2: Yeah, so interesting. That's I, it's, actually
3: it's, pretty impressive that, 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 that these online magazines are getting, getting you know a good chunk of the best stories every year now. I mean, we're really in a transition mode, don't you think? Between um,
2: oh, I, I think that's
3: papers I and anthologies versus just e-books and uh, e- you know e-readers.
2: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think it's it's a big tran- uh, a, a big transition going on, and uh, I, I just uh, with the way science fiction shorts or the the short works in science fiction are going, I, I, it's just it's it's in my opinion, it's it's a, <laughs> we're in a boom again
0: mm yeah that's cool are you, are you finding it oh, difficult I... to find science fiction are you um it seems that most of the stuff that I read is fantasy is in the short fiction market. Do you agree with that or do you feel like science fiction is coming back
2: well what what i've seen like from fantasy and science fiction uh it seems that they've lately have have had a lot more Fantasy than science fiction, but this year looks like it's 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 they're putting a little more science fiction back in. Um, of course, Asimov's and, and uh, Analog have always been uh, uh, pretty heavy science mm-hmm. fiction. Right. Um, and but I I think what what's really really interesting what what what's really exciting for me is is I think my of the, the different types of uh, short. You know, you've got your short stories and novelettes and novellas, and uh, you know, many people call novellas just short novels. That Mm -hmm. we're we're having a blossoming of novellas come out, and and that's you know, for me, that's exciting. That's my probably my favorite form of science fiction because it's 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 you know. a novella to take you two, uh, and a couple hours to read, two, two and a half mm-hmm. hours to read, depending on the length of it. And uh, we're seeing uh, so much come out now, um, not just from uh, online stuff, but you'll see uh, PS Publishing, uh, Subterranean, um, maybe even Nightshades uh, coming out with, um, with uh, collections uh, or individual titles and in hard copy of,
0: of novellas. Hmm. That's and and
2: I, I just love
0: that. Yeah, that, that's probably my favorite length of uh, story as well. Even, you know, I've been me collecting too. a lot of the older paperbacks. Um, whenever I see one, you know, I'm like, oh, that looks interesting. I'll get it. You know, usually they're, you know, 220 pages or less. And I know that's a little longer than a novelette. But still, the, the short ones, they, they seem to Novela really be more interesting to me. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
3: Yep. You can really develop something. Uh, in science fiction you can develop it but you don't have to uh you know give us details about their breakfast cereal and and uh <laughs> you know yeah. extra extra chapters about their romantic ups and downs you just get to the ideas and it, it, it's an idea delivery mechanism that's uh really yeah. a good link novella and it's like the
1: link yeah, of I, I'm looking I, at I,
3: the th- other Sorry, I was just going to say I'm looking at the other best of the year collections, you know, and I'm seeing a lot of the same stuff. Um, they like, for example, Prime Books has the Year's Best Science Fiction and Fantasy 2011, um, which I, I guess it's it's actually it's the stories from 2010, right? <laughs> but uh, I, I would hope so. <laughs> I, I see a lot of the same stories. Um, you know, you, you everybody's picking the same the the same best stuff. What what what's the what's the story that you wanted to include in this collection but couldn't because of space limitations or couldn't get the rights to it? Was there something
2: uh
3: out oh. there that you said, "Damn, I wish I could have put this in," or it was too long?
2: Yeah, uh well, um that would be uh, uh Ted Chang's um Oh, of course. The uh the um uh, this the software of software objects. Yeah, yes. Objects. Yeah, uh, I, I,
3: um, I, I, I've been begging for a collection of of Ted Chiang. Is there any chance you you could do that? The uh, stories of your life and other other um, other stories. Um,
2: Is he just well, not. I, I've been kicking it around, but I, I we're just not there yet. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, please, please do uh, it. I, I want that book. <laughs> 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 <Yeah. laughs> uh, um, so where um what well, what's what's kind of kind of happened uh with us this year to tell you uh what's going on a little bit with Infinivox was that that um there were so many so many good novellas and and in a in a top 10 tales of science fiction you really can't put uh a a lot of novellas in, into this and uh, in fact it's only got the one The Alone by Robert Reed and okay. so what we've decided to do this year because there were just so many good novellas is, is uh, we'll be coming out with later in the fall uh, the year's top short SF novels oh wow and, oh
3: great <laughs>
0: <laughs> bravo standing ovation <laughs> <laughs> thanks that'll be fantastic so I'm, yeah.
2: I'm very excited about that oh good how long is that going to be? Uh wow! Uh, it's going it to be because <laughs> then that would be a <laughs> substantial book. <plug. laughs>
0: there's
2: there's going to be there's going to be seven stories in it. Wow! And uh, so that's going to be roughly uh, somewhere between fourteen and fifteen hours long.
0: Wow! Which good. is yeah, that's, that's wow. That sounds awesome. I'm really looking forward to that. That's terrific. Nice. Yeah. Um, you you did something different in this collection that I thought was really interesting. Um, you included the things by Peter Watts in uh, I guess it's original audio uh, presentation. You um, must have made a deal with the Clark's World magazine, and uh, mm-hmm. it is a very good reading. Um, so I, I applaud you for that. I thought that was kind of neat. That's
3: Kate Baker, I,
0: wasn't it? Yeah, Kate Baker read right. that. Right.
3: Yeah. Uh, that oh, i'm glad you mentioned she's gone that. around a bunch, mm-hmm. and I love it uh, This is the third time i 've heard mm-hmm. it and I keep coming away with new stuff from it
2: yeah, I, yeah I, that's a story i think a, there's actually a lot, uh, several of these stories that if, the more you listen to it, the more you 're going to come away with it's, it, it's, mm-hmm. it, it very there, there's a lot of really sophisticated stories in this collection mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I was interested to see what you all were thinking because we we did um, uh, we did something uh, very different. We, we, uh, I worked with uh, Neil Clark there at Clark's World Magazine, and uh, and I, and I think Kate um, does a wonderful reading, and she's just getting, she's becoming a better and better reader as time goes on. I, I, I don't know if y'all been kind of following her, but she's really getting good. Yeah. And um, and the um, the other story we got from uh, Tony Smith over at, at Starship Sofa. Uh, was the Alan Steele story? Oh yeah, oh, I didn't
3: realize that was from from Starship Sofa, but that's a good reading as well.
0: Mm-hmm. It sure is. That's yeah. Nathan
3: Lowell, isn't
0: it? Yes. yes. Oh,
3: that explains it. Yeah, oh, I get it. Yeah, because I was wondering where Nathan Lowell came from, and because I, I love I love his uh, his book series. Tama was joking before the podcast started that. Ex- kept expecting the characters to start making coffee because <laughs> Nathan Lowell, his first book is is full of coffee making. But uh, yeah, he's a really it's good best reader coffee and, scene I've ever read. and he's a writer too. He's a novelist. Huh.
0: Yeah, isn't uh, Kate Baker as well?
3: Yeah, I think she's a think she I think writer, she, I think she, she
0: writes short stories. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's neat. Um, yeah, that
3: that actually the sound quality on that one is. Is absolutely terrific. Kate Baker's. I noticed there was it was a. I, I it was a little bit noisy. I don't know if that's the. I guess that's just compared to the all the other ones where it's crystal clear quality. There's a little bit of noise in the in the recording, uh, but it's still a good reading.
2: Yeah, I, I think uh, uh, it's a wonderful reading, uh, and. Um, w- we uh, when we uh, talked with them, they, they wanted us to use the original, no alterations, and so uh, so we we agreed to that. And and I, I think once you get into the story, the the the, the, the little bit of background noise just um, uh, it 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 fades away as you're concentrating on the story.
3: I I think I noticed it only the third time through, but um, it, it, I the more I think about that story, the more I. I want to go watch the movie again, and um, I, I, I think it is actually based on the movie rather than the the who goes there story, because there, I think there's scenes in that are specifically referring to the movie rather than the original. I, on the on the packaging, it says uh, John W. Campbell's movie, The Thing. Right. And I thought, wait, wait a second. That's not right. It's not the. It's the so we're, the talking about the,
0: uh, we're talking about the Kurt Dark Russell Carpenter. version? Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah.
3: I think. I. It, wouldn't you say. <laughs> not the Howard Hawks <laughs> version? Yeah, it's definitely not based on the Howard Hawks version, I don't think. Mm-hmm. Alan, what do you think?
2: Uh, yeah, I, I, think, I, I, I think. I can't right. remember. I, I think that, that's a, that was a typo that we've caught, um, but not until after we sent you your copies. Uh, you know, it was a John Carpenter story, I mean, a, a John Carpenter movie, a John Campbell story. I and mean, then when I, we, we were uh, putting that in, it just got the Carpenter and the, and the Campbell mixed up. So,
0: mm-hmm. gotcha. yeah. so we've. Okay, corrected.
3: so I, I am not delusional. It, it is based <laughs> on the movie rather than the story, but the story yes, is ba- I, uh, the movie's so. based on the story. I think I think the movie version is uh, an improvement over the original story. And I think this gives a whole new... Um, I mean, uh, Scott, uh, Scott and I were talking about how it was uh, perhaps the best uh, story we had heard. I think it was you, Scott, right? We were talking about this. But that it didn't seem all that original in the sense that it's reworking some idea in science fiction already. But I the more I think about it the more I think it actually it is a very original idea because although it's it uses this background that um, we you know we're, we're familiar with uh, and I don't think the story will work nearly as well for you if you haven't seen the movie I think that that dependence is is just like the same kind of dependence you see in the emperor the Emperor of Mars right you have to know a little bit about um, science fiction uh, uh, set on Mars to really appreciate what's going, you know, who Eric John Stark is and uh, and, and all the references that are in that story. I think, I think the, the, the criticism that it's not as original, therefore it's, it's lesser, is not actually all that good because that's what we're getting. We're getting uh, a lot of this, um, you know, backstory back we need to know to understand and appreciate what we've got. What do you think of that argument, Scott?
0: (laughs) Well, no, I don't disagree. Um, When I went through it the first time, it it was more, I I guess probably I had expectations that were probably not reasonable expectations for me to have. And it was from other things that I've read, I'm sure, you know, through the years, where, Mm -hmm. okay, now we're telling this story from the monster's point of view. What I expect is that they're going to create empathy for... The bad guy, right? They so, did, and uh-huh. then they
3: subvert it. Exactly. Right, he right. it.
0: Yeah. So I think while while reading it, I was like, ah, eh, you know, this is you know, this is interesting. Um, but I wasn't blown away by it. But um, oh, the
3: stinger! Come on, the stinger ending is, <laughs> is it, it works for me every time. Every
0: time I, I, I say, oh my
3: god! I've just been sympathizing with this horrible monster. <laughs>
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, well, you, you
1: you read it in print, though, right, Scott? I think if you listen to the audio version, Kate will give you more uh, uh, sympathy somehow. I did.
0: I listened. I went. I was half and half on that one. Um, okay. Yeah, because I, I did it like Kate Baker's reading. Uh-huh. But yeah, maybe I better listen to the end, um, read by Kate oh, Baker.
3: It's. it's, it's uh... You get all the sympathy. You, you're seeing it all from the you know the main character is always the protagonist, even when they're the villain,
0: right? Mm-hmm, so right,
3: <laughs> you're you're uh, you're getting this sympathy for you know communion rather than uh, whatever. And why are these creatures so mean? They're the only ones like this in the universe that don't uh, have souls and right. Mm-hmm, <laughs> and then ah, right. uh, well next time I see a human, I'm going to have to.
1: Wow. <laughs> I love it.
0: <laughs> I actually listened to it easily
1: like late last night. I, I got such creeps from it.
0: Hmm. It's it super
1: by creepy. myself. It's mm-hmm. one of the best short stories, or it's a no- novelette, is it? It's
3: it's it's sort of mid length between a novelette and a short story.
0: Uh, yeah, uh, I, I think yeah. so. It's probably a novelette. I
3: think it's one of the best of the last five years, at least,
0: mm-hmm.
2: that story. Well,. It it won the uh, Shirley Jackson Award
0: for best short story. Cool. It's up for a Hugo up. too, I think.
1: Yeah, I think it was at least nominated ah. for it. Mm-hmm.
0: Yep. Another one of the in this collection that I really really liked was uh, "Recrossing the Sticks" by Ian R. McLeod. Um, read by Tom Deere. Scott likes noir. Yeah, you call that one noir? Well, I guess it would be, wouldn't it? yeah, um, yeah. Originally published in uh, Magazine of Fantasy and Science Fiction. Um, So in that one, you've got people that are dead, but when they die, they they're kind of resurrected and rebuilt. (laughs) I guess like a bunch of Frankenstein's or something. But you know, the the way that it's described is like there are a bunch of zombies on this cruise ship Um, because even though they're dead, you know, they do need entertainment. I guess and. (laughs) <laughs> and and then the the shit you know it stars Luke uh, <laughs> yeah, No, the guy uh, the, the main the main character is uh, <laughs> no he's not a juggler but he's an a, an entertainer on a cruise ship right and, and he's sort uh, of
3: cruise director too I think yeah he, he yeah right has right
1: up on the tour he's like and... Julie from the Love Boat <laughs>
0: <laughs> exactly and uh, yeah he gets yeah, entangled the, with uh, people are revived, they're like someone's wife. Yep. But uh yeah, it was terrific. I thought it was a great story. I really liked it. Yeah, me too. Mm-hmm. Like when
1: I was listening in the car, that was the first story that really grabbed me. Mhm. And the fun one.
0: Right, right, fun. right. Right.
1: And you
3: the narrator me, I, on that think, one? That, uh, uh, Tom uh, uh Tom Deer. Tom mm-hmm. Deere? Yeah. So he's, he's 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 you've had him in your stable of uh narrators maybe 5 years, is that right? Something like that? <clears throat>
2: Well, I ha- uh, have to go back and think about that, but it's, yeah, it's been a few years. Uh-huh.
3: Yeah, he's one you, you turn to, and I think he's, re- he's really good.
2: I, I... Oh, I appreciate you saying that. No, no, no I'll be sure and tell him. He's, yeah, I think he's very good, too, he, and he, he's, he's good to work with, and uh, he's very enthusiastic, and... Um, um, and I don't, and, and I don't I remember he... him
3: pronouncing anything wrong. He really gets the, you know, he's, he's working on these <laughs> science fiction stories, <laughs> and he... He never uh, fails to, you know, like these are real. These are real science fiction stories, so they have science fiction vocab, right? They're not using um, the the sort of, you know, general vocabulary of everybody. He always gets it right,
1: even on the hard
0: stuff. Yep. Yeah. Yep, that's good. Um, I thought a. My- Go ahead. I
1: thought a Miles had a different narrator, but it was it was
0: this it was Tom Deere right? with an
1: exact accent, an accent yeah. Yeah. That was a good. That's a
3: good story no, too. I that was that a one. good
0: story, you know, and a good narration. I thought. Um,
3: Sean McMullen, I don't know. Is he? Is uh, he written a lot before? Because I, I, I don't remember his name.
2: Well, he's he's an Australian writer, and huh. uh, uh, he he has written quite a bit. Um, so, but I I have not really come become. Uh, s you know very familiar with him be, uh before this story and then after reading this story i i uh, started looking at some other uh, some other stuff that he's 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 written but um yeah uh, i i th- I, th- I think this is a this is this is uh a story that maybe got overlooked by a uh, other uh year's best uh uh anthologies mm-hmm. and I, I i just think it's, it was it was it was definitely, in my opinion, uh,
0: the best story I read in Analog last year. Yeah, it was, it was good. Um, and it's up for Hugo this year, too, if, I'm, if I remember right. Um, I thought it was
3: going to be a steampunk story. You know, it's, it's got hot air balloons and it's got, you know, so the pseudo-Victorian that is actually Victorian or what have mm-hmm. you. But, um, yeah, I, I wouldn't say it's steampunk, would you? steampunk I'm not even sure steampunk is science fiction what do you think
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'm uh I'm trying to figure out what steampunk is I mean I uh you know it certainly has a steampunk setting uh you know v- Victorian age balloons yeah. so um but uh but to further define it I uh, I, I don't some know some how to define steampunk too yeah, it's got a lot of sci-fi in it.
0: Yeah, yeah and the, the eight miles of the title means eight miles up in the air. hmm Yeah. On a balloon.
3: <laughs> uh, wh- what's who, who did the cover for your uh, collection? Because I was trying to figure out if, if uh, this, um, this person on the cover was from one of the stories. But I have a feeling that it's, it's, uh, it's not. Is, is this mm-hmm. from one of the stories?
2: No, it's it's not from the stories. It's more uh, it's a a generic um, cover. Uh, But uh, we had, I I guess, a couple of the stories uh, with with a uh, Asian characters, and I thought, well, you know, why don't we why don't we use an you know an Asian uh, uh, on the cover just to kind of accent that a little bit, and so that's that's how the cover came about. Mm-hmm.
3: Okay. Are you, are you uh, thinking like uh, Flower Mercy Needle Chain? Is that one one of the ones yes, you're thinking the, of? Yes,
2: that
0: one and, and the shipmaker. The shipmaker, right?
3: The shipmaker. Okay.
0: What did you guys think of Flower Mercy Needle Chain?
3: Or, ornate, just like just like uh, the gun. You know,
0: uh-huh.
3: uh, I thought it, I thought a very. It's like a literary science fiction story. I think.
0: Yeah, uh, it which sure is also. It?
3: Sort of post singularity and feel, although I don't think it is post singularity. I I think there's it's it's kind of Ted Chiang like in a way, even though that's kind of a strange connection. In the sense that it's it's, I think there's a logic going on that I can't follow. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Well, I, I felt that way too. Like- there
0: was a logic going on in that story, you know, that's its own thing, and um, I, I enjoyed it for that. And but you know. It, you know, well, there's no but it's an enjoyable story but the the uh the concept is not well would you call it science fiction or not uh, one of the central concepts is, is that there's fiction. this gun if you if you kill somebody it's gonna kill all their ancestors as well right yeah
3: so the, how's it go the gun it's a gun that can't be fired but if you fire it uh
1: what <laughs> it's hard to
2: sort of,
1: <laughs> of in this it down how's, how's it kills it all their ancestors and then uh, time changes and all the past events So change. if if you mm-hmm. it cannot be fired but if it is fired um,
3: then you're it wasn't fired right
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> uh,
3: I uh, yeah, it, it I think it actually stream does, stream does make sense stream. I think it does make sense like um it's like uh it's it's kind of like the uh, set theory or something like that where you've got a a set of all sets <laughs> and you've got this object that's in one of the sets. And if that object <laughs> is in that set, then it can't be in that set because, and and then I just go, okay, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna not keep going. To tell the rest of the story because I, I, I am not following it.
1: How <laughs> mm-hmm. coordinate does not compute.
2: Yeah. <laughs> well, cool th- story. this th- yeah the story is very lyrical and and I think uh you know this is an, another story in the, in the collection that you could just listen to again and again and 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 uh, you know just try, try to piece together th- things that you didn't get the first time.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I'm going to go I'm going to uh, go through it with the um, with the text at hand. I'm going to listen to it again with the text at hand because um, I think there is uh be, it, I, I, frankly, I just relaxed after I understood that there was some some sort of weirdness going on, and I just listened to the poetry of the of the story. And uh, who's the who's the author of that? Yoon, Yoon Ha Lee. Yun
0: okay, Ha so, Lee, and it was very well read too by um, yeah. Nicola Barber. Yeah.
3: Yeah, I think I think that that's probably the prettiest sounding story, you know, words and narration in this collection. It's, um, it's. I, I it's agree more, with you. More like poetry than it is uh, prose, I think, because I didn't follow it as a, As a, I can't. I can't fall. Like you know, I, I'm saying. I, I, I think science
1: fiction is a detective story. I'm just not smart enough to uh, solve this solve this mystery.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah, the first time I heard it in my car, it just went over my head. I, I had no idea what happened. I had to listen to it a second time. <laughs> then I got more of a handle on it. Gotcha. It kind of reminds me of the Larry Niven story about the the weapon that can change shape. I don't know. And it was on a Star Trek cartoon episode. Uh, Remember that? No, I don't remember that one. Slaver weapon? The the slaver weapon or something. Hmm. Yeah, where uh, uh, it's only uh, the Vulcan, Mr. Spock, and they go to a planet and they find... And it's based on a Larry Niven story. Hmm. Yeah.
0: Yeah, i, 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 I that, seen, have to check that out.
1: I, I got
3: that star trek series just just for that episode and i don't remember it very well other than i think there were there there was uh larry niven's cat aliens what are those things called in it what, you know from yeah. uh ring world oh, the Kazan? yeah, yeah.
0: In, Kazan, is it, right, in or in, yeah.
3: Kazan yeah. or in yeah. in the star trek universe did you know that
0: I, I, know, I know there's a cat-like <laughs> thing in the animated series, um, but I didn't know if... Are they called Kizinti?
3: Yeah, I think so. Wow. Yeah, I think so.
0: That's Not cool. Kidding, huh? I
3: think, yeah. Interesting. Um, I don't recommend that. That I think that series is awful. I don't think mm-hmm. the writing's very good. Uh, but uh, uh, how about is A Letter the same from the Emperor? I, I think that, that is... Oh, sorry. What'd you say?
1: Isn't that the same writers as the original Star Trek?
3: I think some of them are but it, it's yeah. done in a half hour format and mm-hmm. the animation is frankly horrible. Um, right. voice actor mm-hmm. voice acting by the same actors seems phoned in, you know, like uh I was thinking they could reanimate it, you know, but it just wouldn't be any yeah. good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I like the I, cooler yeah, aliens on the a- group. Yeah, that's one thing they can do on the cartoon is they can actually right. improve on the uh alien design but yeah i don't i don't think it's really worth watching
0: yeah we need another good science fiction series like the original star trek in which you know taps the talents of the great short story writers yep. you know there were several episodes of the original star trek that were written by really great writers
1: right mm-hmm. theodore sturgeon
0: yeah theodore sturgeon and uh didn't robert block do one it's been or was there one just I from so. from a story yeah. of his or something?
3: Yeah, I think he did the Salt well, Monster one. Frederick Brown. Frederick Brown, uh, yeah. A, a credited for Arena, although he didn't write it. Um, yeah. He was credited with it.
0: Yeah, there's all this untapped um, potential similar. that they could use, and I don't know why nobody's doing it. Every now and then, what, Neil Gaiman writes uh, with Doctor Who, doesn't he? Hasn't he written a couple? Uh, I
3: know he wrote one. He wrote one, yeah. And oh, okay. He wrote... Uh, I think, I think Babylon 5 uh, was our last best... Yeah, he did fight. a Babylon 5. That's,
0: that. right. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Game little... wrote Road of Babylon 5, that's right. Yep.
3: Um, I, I want to talk about A Letter for the Emperor. That's the first story in the collection. Um, now, Steve Raznick-Tem, I have read before, but don't remember anything uh, about Steve Raznick-Tem other than I've read him before. Uh, but I like this story... Um, one of the things that uh, it kind of left me unsatisfied, though. I liked it, but I was kind of unsatisfied. And the, the unsatisfied part was, um, it, it felt like it didn't even need to have a science fiction setting, um, except except for all the mind wiping stuff, which I think it is possible. I thought it could have been like uh, it could have been done as a uh, fantasy story, and that could have been magic, right? So, uh, in that way, it felt a little bit like a post-singularity, but the writing, especially, you know, uh, if I've read a lot of stories like this before, with really fantastic writing and an emotional stinger at the end that isn't uh, like the things. <laughs> um. <laughs>
1: <laughs> different,
3: emotional stinger. Two, um,
1: Two stories of stingers.
3: Yeah, a different kind of stinger. <laughs> but, uh, I, I, think, I think that, um, this is actually very similar to the story Scott you wrote. I think. What do you think? Mm. Uh, the uh, Scott wrote a story called "Adrift," which we were actually just talking about yesterday. Um, and uh, I think that it it works on the emotional level, and it doesn't um, work on the uh, detective level. You know, it's set in a in a science fiction setting, but it works on the the um, it it. it, it it's it, it hits the emotional buttons, but it doesn't hit the intellectual buttons. Mm-hmm. What, what do you think, uh, Alan? Is this uh, is this uh, I, that kind of thing?
2: I think so. I, I think uh, the, probably of, uh, for me, anyway, it's the uh, it's the, the most uh, it's the story that has, I guess that plays with your emotions more than any other stories. In, in my opinion, at least for me, that's the way it worked. Yeah, that's um, how I felt well um but i i i just love the 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 idea how, how even when in the future bureaucracy doesn't end mm-hmm. <laughs> it That's just keeps believable. going <laughs> very well thought through
3: very well thought through like nobody knows if the emperor is still alive or if he, if there is a, even uh an empire anymore but there's it, it's kind of like there's this internet between planets and uh, you can't tell whether uh, some information that's some of the billions of bits of information coming in is uh, is ex- exactly going to the right email address, sort of thing, right? Because everything's always <laughs> yeah. changing, mm-hmm. and nobody nobody's memory is is. Uh, I mean, there's there are a lot of intellectual um, uh, points, but that's not where the story derives its power, and that's what I mean about your story, Scott. Mm-hmm. It's got all these intellectual points that are in the story, but the, the plot itself is not resolved and not uh, about the intellectual. It's about the characters and the, the payoff uh, in in a character way. So everybody mm-hmm. in the story gets their payoff in the sense that they get closure or satisfaction. And, um, and I, I can appreciate it, but it's like that's not my top tier. My top tier is like a Ted Chiang payoff, you know, where – it's it's all intellectual stimulation <laughs> rather than emotional. <laughs> or, stimulation. Yeah,
0: it's all it's all tied into the um, science going on. Is all exactly. wrapped into the characters.
3: Yeah. So the science yeah. that's or the um, the 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 stuff that's going on in this story is is very effective. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Okay. I probably said enough about
1: this story. <laughs> Time for Tama to talk for a while. What do you, What do you got? Um, well, I, I wasn't really into this story. I, I guess I didn't get a handle on the uh, the world itself. So, mm-hmm. the, the, well, it's, I think it's nobody had a, a handle on the world.
0: <laughs> right. Nobody
3: knows what's going on in that world.
0: So, Tam, what was uh, your favorite story in the collection?
1: Um, well, I, I really liked um, Crossing the Sticks and Eight Miles. I liked Elegy for a Young Elk. Maybe yeah, because, because I read that first. That's an interesting time. one. Yeah, that, that's a post singularity one too. Mm-hmm. Like the main guy is a stayer; he doesn't uh, upload his mind. Mm-hmm. But then the uh, people that are uploaded need need him to re- retrieve something called the spark from the city.
0: Uh-huh.
1: It's almost like a, a comic book with a lot of uh, visuals. But I, I, I can understand if you listen to it in audio, you might miss like a term here and there and get confused. Uh-huh. It's a, it felt but, uh, a little I bit really like, like Dan, a Dan Simmons story to me.
0: Wow, that's a good connection. Good I didn't thing. make that connection, but you're absolutely right. Yeah.
1: It's a sort of similar writing style? Mm-hmm. Maybe a similar focus. Yeah, he makes up a lot of concepts and puts a word on them, and it, it moves really fast. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I haven't finished that one yet, so
3: no spoilers. <laughs>
0: okay. Yeah. Um. Yeah, d- uh, I don't know if if you guys both um got this far in the collection, but Alone by Robert Reed um, I'm, I'm halfway through started. it, and I'm absolutely fascinated by it. I think it's excellent. <laughs> you know, I I, I don't have the payoff yet. I'm I'm halfway through. I have to listen to the last disc, but that's the novella that's included. Um,
1: so, something something very different happens at the end.
0: Okay, I can't that's wait. Almost, um, oh, good. But yeah, good. F- <laughs> a fascinating. You know, just the opening of the story. This. This thing is traveling around on the top of this um, world-size starship, and its job is just to cruise around and see if there's anything wrong. But it does it forever and ever and ever. Um, what a, a fascinating concept!
1: I think I like that part the best. Yeah, Alan, Let's you
3: you are part. a big fan of Robert Reed. I I know because you've done stuff in his in the past. Um, and he puts out a ton of stuff. How did you choose this story? Is this the only big story he did this year? Because I can't – he's oh. always in Analog and Asimov's, isn't he? <laughs>
2: yeah. No, this is not the only <laughs> big story he did. Uh, in my opinion, I think he had three really big stories, all novellas. Um, he, he had uh, this story, which came out in uh, the Science Fiction Book Club book um, Godlike Machines. Oh, nice! Uh, which was which great. was edited by Strahan. Mm, great. It yeah,
1: Troika what? was in that book too. Oh, Alistair yeah, uh, Alister uh, Reynolds.
0: Reynolds, right? Which I still have not read, yep. but I'm going to. Yep. So, uh,
2: so, so he had that, and then, uh, and then he had uh, history of terraforming. Ah, uh, which is an awesome, just awesome, awesome, mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's gonna be. Uh, we're we're including that novella in in our oh, uh, cool. years top short SF. That's great um, mm-hmm. novels, and then um, then he had another one, Dead Man's Run, which yeah oh, you know it was tough to pick two out of the three that were <laughs> all so, so really really good. Sounds
0: like it's time for a Robert Reed collection yeah well you know yeah.
2: I,
3: I, you you are putting out you are the only one who's ever put out as far as i'm aware any audiobooks with robert reed in in uh in it you know there's uh, he, he really doesn't get any love because he's not a he's not a uh novelist so people don't talk about him except as a, 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 a you know a, as a novella writer i don't has he written any novels i don't i don't know of any
0: yeah he wrote one called Merrill, yeah. right
3: uh, okay, he, mm-hmm. he has written novels. I'm i yeah, never. I, know. I think them. he's
0: primarily a short story writer. He's not written many novels, and that's absolutely right. Yep.
3: But yeah, he, he. What I really like about his writing is he actually reads science. So he's he's incorporating the ideas he's reading about, and he he's got to read science because he's putting them into the stories. You know. I think mm. that that uh, he's he is an old-fashioned science fiction writer in the sense that he's. Uh, this isn't a post singularity story, as far as I can tell, is it? I just started it, so.
2: No, mm-hmm. I, I, he has this. Uh, he, he has this series of stories, uh, which from marrow, uh, I call them the the, the marrow universe, but they all happen on this, this what's called the great, what he calls the great ship, which is a planet sized uh, uh, ship that uh, that <laughs> hasn't been fully explored, and, and wealthy people pay lots of money to write on it and and uh, it's it's and it, it it's it's he's it's just had so many wonderful stories uh, in this universe it's 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 is right now it's it's probably my favorite uh, uh, ongoing series but I don't know if a lot of people know about it because I guess it's got one or two novels in this or maybe just one novel in the series, uh, I don't remember. And so, um, you're right, I don't think he gets the uh, the respect he's due. Mm-hmm.
3: I just spotted uh, Luke, Luke did a review of uh, Merrill. Um Luke Burge did a review of of Merrill for science fiction book review podcast number 8, which I may have missed, mm-hmm. um, given it's so early, from back in 2008. So that, uh, I think we're going to have to get this made
1: into an audiobook or something, because sounds
3: really
0: mm. good great great mm-hmm.
1: yeah so i mean, they can put together like three of his novellas and publish it as a novel and then people can see it that way
2: yeah, yeah right. i i it, think that's amazing. i like that idea because i think you know isn't that like what uh asimov did with his out foundation mm-hmm. story yeah,
3: yeah. Bradbury, mm-hmm. Bradbury, uh illustrated man and uh, martian chronicles all
0: that <laughs> picks up oh uh, that's fantastic yeah yep. Yeah, well, um, we really appreciate you coming, Alan. And I wanted to mention as well, um, you've sent in between between, uh, Top Ten Tales of Science Fiction 2 and Top Ten Tales of Science Fiction 3, which we now have and just came out. um, Between those two, you uh, published something called Starship Vectors. And I want to make sure we mention that too. It's also for sale. Um, It's got Stephen Baxter, Elizabeth Bear, Charles Coleman Finlay. Uh, Sarah Monette Gwyneth Jones Nancy Cress, and uh, another Robert Reed called the Remoras also from the Marrow series oh yeah. that
3: sounds that sounds uh, did you send me that Scott?
0: no we have it yep we do have mm, it Alan sent it in good. Yeah. <laughs> um,
3: yum yum uh, it looks like SF Signal gave that a four out of five stars fantastic on their mm-hmm. that's uh, looking very good they liked all of them except for the Tomb Wife it looks like but everything else is getting five stars. Hmm. Uh huh. Oh, Very Remora's good. only got four stars. Uh, but I think this is a good looking collection. <laughs> Who, who's uh, narrating in this? Uh,
2: Nicola Barber and Tom Deere. Mm-hmm. Oh, good.
0: Yeah. Good. So, yeah, I'm really looking forward to that novella's collection as well.
2: Yeah, All
0: I right. think that is so terrific. So, good.
1: Perfect length. hmm yeah. Did anybody listen The Shipmaker?
3: Sorry. Oh, The Shipmaker. We're not giving The Shipmaker any love.
0: Oh. Let's
1: let's talk about The Shipmaker before before we go.
0: Sure. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, that's another yeah. female it, Tam, uh, author.
0: Actually, yeah, go ahead, Tam.
1: Actually, she looks Asian in the... Is she, like, Asian? She looks Asian in the picture, but she has, like, a French-sounding name.
0: You're talking uh, about I'll, the author, read, Elliot de Bodard? Right. Right. Yeah, I,
2: I think. Uh, yeah, I think if you go, hmm, where did I hear? I think she's uh, uh, her her mother is Vietnamese and, and her father's French. I think. Okay.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a character so in story that's uh, Viet or something. so that makes sense.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah.
1: this is this is sort of inspired,
3: I would say, by um, you know the ship who sang. What do you think?
0: I haven't read that. <laughs> well, um, no, go ahead. <laughs> no, I was just thinking, I I don't know. I, I, I you know, I haven't read that story, uh, The Ship You oh. Sang. And, you know, I, you've told me to read it before, but I, I still haven't read it. But The Ship so You Sang, Anne The McCaffrey, Ship You Sang yeah, like. is about someone who who died, who is now a, a ship, right?
3: No, The Ship Who Sang is, is a short story by uh, Anne McCaffrey that mm-hmm. is a, a is the only Anne McCaffrey I've read that I really liked, and that that is basically um, mutant children—children children who don't look normal—are put into uh, ships, and they become the ship. Their whole body is an extension of the ship, and they go off and fly off into the universe uh, and fall in love with their um, their crew,
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> and
3: that's the story.
0: Gotcha. Basically. Okay.
3: And I think that that's sort of the first. Uh, if if she's not the first to write about it, she's sort of the one to have really nailed it down. I I would say,
2: Alan, back me up here. <laughs> well, it's been a long, long time since I've read uh, Anna that. That is an story. old
3: story. It's from the sixties mm-hmm. or something, I think.
2: Yeah, yeah. So, but I, yeah, I don't, I don't remember ever reading about living uh, starships
0: before that. So, mm-hmm.
2: no, I so think she may have been the first.
0: Well, in the in the, in the shipmaker, the. The image that is left in my mind is the birth of this sentient mind. Um, that, that's really what the story was for me. I mean, a uh, vivid description of this um, birth. And, and as I understood it, the you know she's not giving birth to, to a human. she's giving birth to this sentient mind who is part flesh and part electronic, and then that's going to be put into a ship, correct? Isn't yeah. that right? <laughs> if I got yeah, that correct, okay. So, but that's then, right, yeah. yeah. So I mean, it was a story of those characters around which you know one of them was pregnant with this sentient mind. So, I guess I'm just saying it didn't. It didn't remind me, even though I haven't read that Anne McCaffrey story. You've described it to me before, but that didn't come into my head. I guess maybe the concept should have.
3: From a Magazine of Fantasy and Science Fiction, April 1961. Included in wow. the 7th <laughs> annual Year's Best SF. 7th
0: <laughs> <Seventh Wow>. annual. <laughs> 1962.
1: Um, well, I was going to relate the shipmaker to Octavia Butler. Like, she has a story called Bloodchild, where like, uh, aliens and humans yeah. mate.
0: Yeah, that's and then uh, that's she has some excellent. other yeah. uh,
1: trilogy where aliens and humans uh, mate.
0: Uh huh.
1: So it kind of reminded me of that, like it's a very uh, female story, with a lesbian character. Child, it's really freaky, and yeah, yeah. and 2000 2008 dramatized that too. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, that's right.
1: That's a really Robin good Nelson's, connection.
0: That uh, is. Uh, uh,
2: hey, let, let me ask you, all, you all, hmm? um, when you all listen to to uh, an anthology. Uh, How do you how do you approach it? Do you do you just listen to the stories in order, or do you go to listen to uh, uh, new authors that you maybe haven't read uh, or heard before, or you go to the
0: familiar authors first? How how do you all choose uh, or listen to audio uh, anthologies? Well, for me, there's two things. If first of all, if there's somebody there that you know I'm just absolutely love, like Ted Chang, I I would go to that one first, Uh, no question. Me too. Um, and the second thing is um, other than preparing for a podcast like this i I don't normally listen to story after story after story I would listen to yeah, one Yeah, neither do I yeah I would listen to one and then maybe a few days later I would listen to another one um, you know so that that's kind of how I would do it but nor I would listen to them in order if there wasn't some standout story that I just couldn't wait to get to I would start at the beginning and go through
3: my my understanding of the way anthologies are usually Constructed is the the first story is supposed to be the best story, and the last story is supposed to be the best story, and everything in the middle is sort of a jumble, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's just um, that's they say we got to intrigue them, and then we also got to at the end we got to say make them buy the next book, right? So they put the strongest <laughs> stuff at the beginning and the end, and then the stuff in the middle is is not so hot. Um, mm. But I uh, I find that if that's the structure that most uh, editors are using. I disagree with a lot of the editors' uh, choices because often I find a great story in the middle. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I pick by author normally. And, uh, you know, that's how I pick the anthology, too, is I, I'm looking at the the collection. And if it, if it doesn't have the person on the cover, I check the, the table of contents. And if it's got an author who I love, that's much more likely to be purchased than a collection of no-names. You know, people I've never mm-hmm. heard of. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So there, there is a draw, right? If it's got a Philip K. Dick story in it, okay, probably have to get that, right?
0: <laughs>
3: and uh, <laughs> uh, I, I, was, I was wondering, Alan, is there any chance of you doing a a best, uh, years top 10, 1961? Uh, years top 10, <laughs> You know, like that? Because...
2: <laughs> really i I hadn't thought of that before why well
3: well, just because um you know scott and i are always bemoaning uh that there isn't that much great science fiction being made today uh especially in novel form uh as compared to back then um and i think that part of that is just you know looking back we only remember the good stuff
0: and -hmm.
3: there is good stuff being made today i mean I, I have argued many times that Ted Chiang is one of the best science fiction writers ever, uh, ever, and that's not you know. It, you, I think he should be up there in the pantheon with uh, Asimov, uh, maybe higher in the pantheon than Asimov, and um, Heinlein and and such, because he's just so great. But other than him and a few others, I, I don't think we're in living in the in the greatest time for novels. But I know that there is so much to pick from in the old. Is, there, is it possible to do older, older collections? Because there's no well, authors, m- in many cases, to talk to. They're dead.
0: Mm-hmm. Is that <laughs> one of the problems? You know, it might be interesting to do a decade, say, you know, the 1960s, oh, wow. you know. Wow. Maybe if you can pick that, the top, a top ten of the decade, surely that would be just excellent. Oh, wow. One per year? Huh, that- wow. Well, you don't even need yeah. to do one per year. You just say these are the top ten from the 60s. That's you know? true, because there might be
2: five great ones in 1961.
0: Right, right. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, Oh, let me kick that around. That's that's kind of a neat idea. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'd love I that. To, I mean, yeah. I'd love to
3: see a Philip K. Dick. I, you guys do so many great stories, and they're all brand new. That's the problem. <laughs> so it's like um, <laughs> but there's like uh, Infinite You you were doing you were doing uh, Robert Reed, and you were doing who else? Uh, Phil, uh, not Philip K. Dick. You were doing um, um, Charles Strauss before anybody else was mm-hmm. doing those on audio. I was very
0: uh-huh. impressed. Uh-huh. Yeah, still Thanks. one of my favorites um is that Charles Strauss story The Colder War. That's what it was. The Colder yeah. War. Uh love that one. Uh-huh. Yeah, but every now and then oh. I listen to that again. I just think it's great. I uh, love Crafty and yeah. Charles Strauss story. Yep.
2: Yeah, it's yeah, it's it's it's, it's uh it's one of my favorite stories too and and it's um it, it's that was part of our way back when the great uh, science fiction story series, and that's that's one of our bestsellers in that series. Mm-hmm. Well, good. Yeah, no so, doubt. It, it's it's awesome. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, cool. I'm. I'm. You know, it it was only recently that they started doing the novels of Charles Strauss, and and that's that's a good thing too. Uh, but yeah, I, I think he's he is a fantastic – I mean, you could do accelerando, couldn't you? I don't think that's been uh, done.
2: Yeah, I don't think that's been done either. Yeah, and yeah, that's a collection, awesome. right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That, yeah, that's kind of that what we're talking about. That's that's kind of a collection. Although I don't think he's even. Well, maybe he. I have to go back. It's been years since I've read that. But did he try to tie in each story? I, I don't remember. No,
3: I don't think so. But uh, you've got accelerando stuff already, right? Don't you? Mm-hmm. I
2: some well, of I got stuff- the first story.
3: Right. Uh, okay. So lobsters. Just think of it this way: you can repackage. <laughs> just Sell the old stuff to me again.
1: <laughs> now that's true. singularity, if there's anything a singularity. The
3: thing is, oh. is, we get a lot yeah. of free audiobooks, right? We get a lot of free audiobooks, and I actually buy from you, and I don't <laughs> get them. That's a sign. i <laughs> I got, I've got I'm on tape, and I upgraded to CD. Um, yeah, this is. Uh, please, Alan.
0: Until my <laughs>
2: hopes and dreams.
0: <laughs> oh, that's funny.
2: You're too kind. Thank you.
0: <laughs> Great. This has been the SFF Audio Podcast. Please join us at www.sffaudio.com.